Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send your uh, questions to Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions that you send there uh, just as soon as we're on the air together again. Hey, uh, Taylor, it's Tuesday, February 16th. And, uh, uh, Whopping 31 degrees in Meridian, Mississippi hmm. uh, on WMER. All our listeners there. Hope you're staying warm there, Mom and Dad. At least up in Virginia, it's crawled up to 59. Hmm. Uh, it's getting closer. We're And we went down a little. We're in the 60s. But I feel bad for all the people out in Amarillo, Texas. 18 degrees. And apparently, somebody thought it was a good idea to trade in all the you know, natural gas uh, fuel for windmills. Uh, I guess they didn't think through the fact that if it ever gets cold, real cold, they're going to freeze. And that's what's happened. A lot of people have been without power now because uh, somebody didn't think through all the ramifications of windmills freezing. And, uh, and so they have a lot of people that have been without power. Some possibly could have died because... Uh, one of the guys who's been a long-term supporter of ours who lives in Houston now, not Houston, where it was only down in the, like, 20s, I think, uh, but his house was 40 degrees because the power was out at his house. And his son came by and picked him and his wife up at 1 a.m. in the morning to take them to a place where they had emergency power. And, you know, this is the problem when a lot of people make rules and make uh, things happen and they don't use them themselves and they don't think it through. It sounds great until they realize, oh, wait a minute, we didn't think about this. And that's exactly what happened out in the Texas power grid. And I think Governor Abbott and all these people out there who kind of oversaw and listen, uh, it's, it's something that was not th- thought through. Uh, you need to have contingency plans for things like that. And I think people just knee-jerk react to a lot of stuff like that. And so what happens is now you've got a lot of people that may end up dying, not just from coal, but from carbon monoxide poisoning, like you see a lot up north when it gets cold, power goes out, people use space heaters and other stuff. And so anyway, just uh, – uh, this terrible winter storm has exposed part of the problem uh, uh-huh. when people start making uh, policy decisions. They make policy decisions without thinking things through, and they don't really know. That's why, if you really stop and think about it, somebody like AOC, who has uh, uh, the experience of uh, a 20-something-year-old mm-hmm. who tended a bar, who's now one of the most powerful people as a voice up in our Congress, which is really insane. Mm-hmm. But remember we were talking yesterday about a debased mind and what happens to a culture 
when God gives them over, when they suppress the truth about God. And, boy, she is one who has certainly done that in policy and statements she's made. Uh, that's what you're going to see. Debased mind, they think right's wrong, wrong's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so uh, we're, we're going to see more and more ramifications of that as we go forward. So, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, what's going on? I mean, that was pretty crazy, the Texas story, uh, you know, that came out yesterday when, you know, the predictions and the models were saying that it was going to be, you know, hot for wintertime and then, the, you know, record colds. And uh, it, it does say something, though, like we've lost something as a as a human race, I guess, in the in the West, like to be able to just survive out in cold weather. Uh, you know, so that's, you know. People to, used to be able to build fires. They, yeah. used, to, they used to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, but, you know, we're so reliant on the system that, you know, most houses don't even have a fireplace, you know, that you could have. Uh, you know started a fire that's what Lori said i mean do they not have fireplaces anymore you get wood and burn you burn whatever you do to create a fire yeah i think down south you know there's i mean i know a lot of houses around here you know they're hit or miss as if they have a fireplace or not because you know there's not fireplaces are for mood setting they're not for heat anymore people (laughs) don't think about them for heat but uh anyway well that's that's a terrible thing we need to pray for those people out there uh that are without power it's you know we take things for granted mm-hmm. here in this country, whether it's power, whether it's the ease of getting food. You know, I just I think back to even last year, you know, when there was a run on toilet paper and people, you know, we take so many things for granted that we have access. I was taken back to a time a Russian guy came over here for the first time from his country with me. He was amazed when we went into a um, Golden Corral buffet. Mm. He had never, I mean, you're talking about a guy who lived in an area over there where sometimes they wouldn't eat meat for six months because they didn't have it. Wow. And he goes in and you see his plate and you see all these people stuffing their plates on the buffet. And I'm telling him, you can go back and get more. He was like, why? Why? I mean, I'm full. You know, I mean, like. But we overeat and overindulge, and we take for granted all the things that we have, and we're not grateful a lot of times until we don't have it, whether it's heat, electricity. I mean, just think about the electrical grid. And this electrical grid, I mean, those people don't have cell phones. They don't have uh, any way to get news in. Mm. I mean, it, it just shuts down everything. And so think about transitioning our whole country to something like that and no you know uh, solar and wind and not realizing that we need to have diversity in that we still need fossil fuel stuff we still need natural gas stuff so anyway i just uh, thought that was interesting well um there has been a couple of people speaking out about what happened with ravi zacharias last friday i think it was last friday uh the ministry of the RZIM ministry board released a letter uh, regarding the investigation into his misconduct. For those of you who are listening who do not know who Ravi Zacharias is, he was a very, very well-known apologist who traveled around college campuses and really around the world, received all kind of awards for uh, being able to brilliantly argue for the faith. But um, I just uh, a guy I know named Ray Comfort. In fact, Ray Comfort's been on our program before. He's out in California. He's 
been a guy that I've met a couple of times, a great, uh, he's, he's been a great servant of the Lord, a guy who open preaches out on the beaches of California, mm-hmm. uh, which try doing that sometime mm-hmm. if you want to thrill. Uh, anyway, he's, he's been a guy who's faithfully been in ministry for a long time. In fact, he had a profound impact on Kirk Cameron. Remember the actor okay, yeah. and, and, and Kirk came along, uh, with him for a while. But anyway, um, uh, Ravi, um, Ravi apparently was involved in a lot of stuff that wasn't good and he had no accountability. And, uh, the sad part about it is he was a great influencer of people with as many books, with all of his tapes and many speaking engagements, his radio program and all those things. And, um, and here's the thing that Ray comfort said that I thought was really significant. He says, the big lesson we should take away from this tragic situation with Ravi is to listen to whoever these apologists are going around and ask, are they preaching from the Bible? Or are they just talking about why people should understand? Are they preaching sin, righteousness, judgment? Are their hearers being impressed with eloquence? Or, uh, he says, have they been awakened to the terrible danger that they're in do they tremble as felix did after hearing paul preach he said intellectual preaching a lot of times produces intellectual converts who name the name of christ but they're strangers to new birth which is what we're going to be talking about this week he says each of us should be asking if we were talked into our faith or if we've had an encounter with the living god which which what what is it for us have we been born again if we came through the door of argument, then all it takes is a better argument to get us out of the door. Uh, and he says, take heart to heart Paul's warning about these conversations. When Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 says, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or wisdom. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling and my speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom. And he goes on to say, we're called to be witnesses of Christ. Um, No judge wants an eloquent witness. He wants the truth. And we were talking about that yesterday, too, how important it is for us as believers to speak the truth and boldness. And that's what you see in Acts chapter 2. It is in Christ crucified for the sin of the world. And if we fail to preach that truth and we just have all these clever arguments and we're impressing others with our ability to reason then we can uh be leading people to be those people that hear these words depart from me for i never knew you and that's not a place we really want to be yeah so i mean we're up against the break but that's a good place to leave it a good reminder uh for all of us um we'll be back with more after the break we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors a store and window as well as a special thanks to our sponsors tom neal trucking and a special thanks to jeff andrews of highway to eternity ministries if you would like to sponsor the program please email us at doug at swatradio.com that's doug at swatradio.com we'll be right back if you'd like to contact swat radio the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928 That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store 
or over the internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Son of God hanging on him. Hell was my destiny. The crowd was shouting. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we've been catching up a little bit on the news uh, that's been uh, in, I guess, the, in the headlines recently and uh, talking about a little bit about Robbie Zacharias and. Uh, the statement that was put out by the ministry that he started um, after the allegations have been confirmed uh, against him uh, post-humanously, I guess you would well, say. Yeah. Well, yeah, they came out, actually. Uh, the allegations came out while he was alive. He yeah. denied them, and the board apologized in their letter that they um, they they so wanted to believe him and were so influenced by him that they did not hold him accountable. And, uh, you know, Jim Dennison spoke about it, and uh, Christianity Today put it out. And, the, I mean, the details are pretty bad. I mean, it, it, I mean, when they put them out, it, it was – it's sad. Um, they he, – he, I mean, the people who were victims in there uh, were victims of spiritual abuse as well as – I mean, the sexual mm-hmm. abuse. Uh, spiritual abuse is when you you are a counselor to somebody or you you know uh, a pastor or a shepherd they look at you as a servant of god and you use that for advantage uh to take and spiritually abuse people that was the terrible part and jim dennison when he wrote about it he says you know the first thing we need to do is kind of grieve from the for the victims um i mean like each person that he abused was one of, you mm-hmm. know, uh, God's creation that God made in his image. And um, I want you to think about it. it. You have a daughter. What if that was your daughter? He'd be dead. Or what if it was your wife? You know, I mean, like, seriously, let's say, you know, y'all were struggling and, and, and that happens a lot. And it's just sad. And, uh, you know, Romans 12 says to weep for those that weep and we should be sad for them and a lot of times, and, and Lori and I have, have seen this before, where people in ministry, um, a lot of times they're protected. Mm. Uh, and, and people tend to villainize the victims instead of holding accountable the people 
that have uh, been the abusers. And so um, another thing he said that I thought was really interesting was expect private sin to become public. Yeah. Listen, if you are God's, you know, if you are God's child and you, especially if you are his servant, if you really are his servant, you're not going to get away with it. He's going to expose it. And, um, and what he does is he coerces you to come follow him. And then he points the finger and exposes it for everybody to see, cause he wants to discredit. And, um, you know, I, I think that, um, it's just a reminder. My wife call these, calls these uh, caution signs or caution lights mm. that if you're in ministry or even if you're not, um, if you're a child of the Most High God, you're his servant. Everywhere, everybody's a minister for him. Everybody's a priest for him. And we should make sure that as we walk uh, with him, and represent him to the world. We want to put him on display that uh, we we have high walls. Sometimes our walls come down lower than they should be uh, in those kind of relationships. And, and the enemy is very crafty. And so uh, I'm very grateful that I have a wife and a board and guys that uh, ask good questions and they talk to my wife. And that's one thing that uh, if you're a, a man out there, uh, you should, you should not be afraid for people to talk to your wife, mm-hmm. brothers to talk to your wife and say, Hey, how's he treating you? How's he doing? Um, uh, we know people that sometimes the husbands keep things private from their wife. If you start to have private areas, you tend to develop a double life. And mm-hmm. it appears that was one of the things that happened with him. So all that to say that um, let it be a reminder to all of us of the enemy prowling around um, like a lion looking for those who he can devour. And he heard, he's hurt a lot of people. Um, Lori and I listened to an interview of one of his former staff people that was crushed by it um, because you just wonder, I mean, was it all a lie? I mean, you, you just don't know, and that's how the enemy uses that. So uh, just keep that ministry and prayer Keep that family, his family. It's got to be crushing for his family, um, finding out a lot of this stuff. But what Ray Comfort said is true, and I love Ray. I want to try to get him back on here because he said, if you're more of an apologist than a gospel preacher, then are you really are you really serving the Most High God? Because apology can only take you so far. Defending, you know, you you, you got to get to the point where we're sharing the gospel with people. And speaking of that, that's what we're in in Acts chapter 2 this week, the first gospel proclamation by a spirit-baptized believer in the church because the church was just born, and we've been in Acts chapter 2. And it really is an exciting message. Uh, we I, I kind of previewed it yesterday when I laid out really the, the, the content of the message is uh, the supernatural life of Christ the sacrificial death of Jesus, the um, sovereign resurrection of Jesus, the gospel or spirit-releasing, actually, the spirit-releasing ascension, because he had to go to heaven for the spirit to come and live inside of us, and then the saving invitation, all in chapter 2 in that message Peter preached in this first sermon. And it's a great 
illustration for us, a great model. In fact, it's used over and over in Acts. When you look through the book of Acts at the different messages, you see this pattern. And so we're going to we're going to be in that for this week, today and tomorrow, and maybe even Friday too. And um, just a reminder to people in Acts, you know, Luke wrote it. He wrote it to Theophilus. It's the second um, letter he wrote to Theophilus, who was a believer. Some believe he was a, a noble uh, uh, leader in uh, Antioch, like a, a noble person, like a, you know, city person who was in charge. And, uh, Acts is divided into six sections, and each section ends with the phrase, the word of God increased or the church increases. So you see this interplay there where the church and the word are used interchangeably, and the, the role of the church is to continue preaching the word so that the church continues to grow. So they both grow. It's kind of like if one grows, the other one's going to grow, right? Yeah. And so, And that's what Luke's saying. And uh, we last week on air, we talked about the birth of the church, this supernatural outpouring of the Spirit that baptized 120 believers there uh, in, uh, at the temple. And uh, today, uh, we're starting this look at Acts 2, 21, I'm sorry, 22 to 41, and we're looking at this first message, and I think we got time for you to read it. Uh, if uh, if you can bring it up, and if you if you have a Bible, you might want to go ahead and turn to Acts chapter two, and I think we can get it in before the the break. Acts two, verse twenty two, all the way to forty one. All right, men of Israel, hear these words: Jesus of Nazareth, a man arrested, attested. Oh, attested. Excuse me. He was arrested yeah, too. Baby. To you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will delight in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy one see corruption. You have made known to me the path of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I say, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we we all are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, 
brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his words were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The first mega church in history, right there from 120 to 3,000 over just like just a, a matter of a day. Yeah. And they didn't have a big plan. They didn't, you know, plan a big outreach. Peter just stood up and started preaching. The least, in, it, it was the least seeker sensitive event probably in the history of the world mm. uh, when he said, you did this to him. You crucified him. I mean, like, think about that. I mean, that that is so radically different from the kind of preaching we hear today, right? Mm-hmm. Our preaching today wants to coddle. Uh, we, want, we want people to feel good. We want them to feel what Christ can do for them. We make it very human-centered, mm-hmm. but not Peter under the power of the Holy Spirit. What he did, he stood up. And he said, hey, what you just saw and what we talked about last week, the speaking in languages, the fire, the tongues of fire, the sound like a rushing wind, all that stuff. That's remember the prophet Joel. He said Messiah is coming. Well, he's come. And guess what his name is? Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, yeah. By the way, on the cross, it said Jesus of Nazareth. You crucified the Messiah. You not only rejected him, you handed him over to pagans. And so when we come back, we're going to look at these elements, each one of them, and look what God revealed about Jesus as Messiah through Peter's preaching. So I hope you'll stay tuned. Yeah, make sure you uh, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the app store. Excuse me. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That was Nobody by Casting Crowns. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 41 this week. Um, And we talked a little bit about that towards the end of the break. We read through it and uh, are just now getting into uh, the content of Peter's message there 
Um, as Doug said earlier, the first message preached with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and uh, led to the first mega church in yeah, history. Yeah, right there. And what what was amazing was this this event launched the Messianic Age. I mean, it was Messiah come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I alluded to it a little yesterday. The, the word Messiah comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach, and it means anointed one. Now, when we hear Christ... Uh, the English of the Greek equivalent of Messiah is Christos. And we hear that, and the name Jesus Christ is the same as saying Jesus the Messiah. And in biblical times, uh, anointing someone with oil was a sign that God was consecrating that person or setting them apart for a particular role. So an anointed one was somebody with a special God-ordained purpose. Now, the, the Jewish people were looking for the anointed one that comes set everything right. They would He was coming, and in the Old Testament, um, if you think about all the people that were anointed, uh, first of all, kings were anointed. Um, uh, Samuel anointed uh, Saul and King Saul and King David, and all the kings, they would anoint them, again, symbolizing that God was consecrating or setting that person apart, but also a priest were anointed. Remember Aaron and his sons and the mm-hmm. priest were anointed. And also prophets, Elijah anointed Elisha. And so the coming Messiah, the anointed one, was going to be the one who would set everything right. He was going to be a prophet, a priest, and a king. And uh, they called their deliverer the Messiah and they really expected the Messiah to redeem Israel by overthrowing Rome. That was what they were looking for, and he would establish Israel as the earth, you know, and as the leader of the world, basically, in the earthly kingdom of Messiah. But it wasn't until Jesus' resurrection that the disciples finally started to understand. Wait a minute. You know, I mean, because before even when he died, they 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 were still thinking something's not right, mm-hmm. and they thought he was going to overthrow Rome. That's what they had believed. Even though he said, "Hey guys, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, uh, arrested. I'm going to be crucified. Three days later, I'm going to rise again." They just didn't get it, and so um, the Messiah was going to come and he, there's all kind of prophecies in the old testament that talk about him suffering isaiah 53 psalm 22 zechariah 12 and so when jesus came he started talking about those passages and being the messiah the messianic passages and he said today it's it's been fulfilled in you when he walked around he said the kingdom is here mm-hmm. he was the king he was that one and the problem for our country and the believers in America is a lot of times we want a Messiah who's a priest who will take away our sins. We don't want a Messiah who's a prophet that's going to say what God wants us to hear, how we're being rebellious. In fact, if you go look at all the prophets in the Old Testament, when did they speak to God's people? When God's people had been turned away from, had turned away from him. God would send prophets to say, hey, turn back. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- when we're walking in disobedience, just to use you and me as an example, did we like it when God used our parents to speak truth into mm-hmm. our life? No. No. 
Uh, we we don't like it. People, in fact, the whole term preaching has gotten a very bad rap in our culture now. Because without preaching, it says in Romans, how are they going to be saved if there's no one to preach? The word preaching means to communicate with urgency and passion. It's a herald, somebody who's heralding something. And so we say, hey, stop preaching at me, or I don't want to go to that church. He just preaches at the people, and as if it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But Peter stands up, and he preaches to the people the good news. And the good news is that Jesus, both prophet, priest, and king, Messiah, has come. And he starts off by talking about his supernatural life. And in verse 22 of Acts, it says, and by the way, uh, God gave Peter this introduction because he got everybody's attention. That's what an introduction does in a message. You, you have about two to five minutes to get everybody to be on board to listen to you for the next ever how long you got to speak to him. But God did this amazing thing where he poured out his spirit, and everybody's going, what's going on? He says, brothers, and he tells them about Joel, the messianic prophecy from Joel. And he says, let me tell you, Messiah has come, and his name is Jesus. And so verse 22, he says, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. And I say, uh, like I said a while ago, uh, that was the name that was put on the cross. I mean, that, that Jesus didn't refer to himself as Jesus of Nazareth. Even mm. the disciples didn't refer to him, except here he is. Mm. That was what was on the cross, King of the Jews, Jesus of Nazareth. And so he says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God. In other words, God's fingerprints all over his life. And then he tells where it was, uh, with mighty works, wonders, and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you know. He he has three words there, miracles, wonders, and signs. Now, what's interesting about that, each one of them has a different purpose. Miracles reveal God's fingerprint, the supernaturalist of what was going on. Jesus didn't just heal people of psychosomatic, oh, my stomach ache or my back, I got a headache. Mm -hmm. He made people grow eyes there i mean he connected tissue in their eyes healed so they had been blind from birth and they could see people that had been lame from birth could walk he raised people from the dead think about that feat for a second i mean like he i mean lazarus was in the tomb four days and he called him forth mm-hmm. nobody had ever done anything and by the way the leaders did not deny the miracles they just tried to persuade people that he was a false teacher because he didn't keep the law that maybe he had some kind of demonic element to him. But the miracles, they didn't deny. So there were the supernatural fingerprint of God, first the mighty works. Wonders was their effect on people. I mean, can you imagine being a friend of the guy who was lame or the guy who was blind for so long, 30, 40 years, and all of a sudden looking over and now your friend's walking or he can see? Mm -hmm. You're not just going to go, oh, that's cool, brother. You know, I mean, you're going to be like, wow. And that's what that wonder is. And then third was signs. Their purpose was to point to something, and it was to point to Jesus. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And if you remember from John 19, they said, hey, uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? John 19, 19, I mean, can anything good come out of there? Really? Yeah. The Messiah came out of there because that's where he came from. That was where he He went after he was, he was born in Bethlehem, 
but he went up there. They didn't even realize he was born in Bethlehem, the leaders. They missed it. And so Peter's pointing to his supernatural life. And and so he then goes into the second part, his sacrificial death, verse 23. He says, this Jesus delivered up to the uh, according to the definite plan. That word there means design, purpose, or will of, that, that definite plan um, of God. And definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Foreknowledge is an amplifying word that means almost the same thing. It means that God made a choice because of a predetermined decision. It wasn't that he knew something was going to happen. It's that he knew it was going to happen because he had willed it to happen. Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah. He knew it was going to happen because he was going to make it happen. Mm. That's what that word means. So by God's plan and foreknowledge... Jesus was crucified. He died on our behalf. And the struggle for the Jews was if Jesus was Messiah, then how in the world could he let the Romans crucify him? Because Messiah was supposed to overthrow the Romans. But Jesus didn't come back and go to the Antonio Fortress and kick him out. He came back, went to the temple, turned over the table, said, you're missing it. It was not about me overthrowing the Romans. It's about me getting a victory over sin, defeating death, and making it possible for you to be in relationship with God. But they said, if you're Messiah, come down from the cross. If you're him, heal yourself. If you're the one that is supposed to be this anointed prophet, priest, and king, and so they missed it. And I asked this at SWAT. I said, you know, um, I wonder if we miss Jesus in our culture because we don't want a prophet, priest, king, messiah that God ordains. We pick one element, or we pick what this messiah is supposed to be for us. And so our our idea of him isn't fulfilled with Jesus, so we just kind of get a Jesus that we like. Because that's what people, a lot of people that followed him, followed him for that reason. They weren't true followers. They weren't true believers. And so Peter says, listen, it wasn't Rome's decision to crucify him. And he says, it wasn't even your decision. Now, you're guilty of doing it because you, you played a part in it. And this is the crazy thing. God's sovereignty doesn't negate our will. It's weird how that works, but God held him accountable. And Peter said in this verse, he said, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Now, that was pretty bold. Think about what has happened here. Peter scattered after Jesus was crucified and he came back. Jesus taught him for 40 days. And now here he is on Pentecost standing up preaching about Jesus of Nazareth being Messiah. And he says, you crucified him to those people. Uh, You did it. You rejected the Messiah that God attested and prophesied about. And this is the pattern of preaching throughout Acts. Now we're going to see it in Acts 3. Acts 10, where he says, you did this, but God did this. So when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit about what that means for you and me. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word, and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, 
Then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me that is uh, Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 41, uh, talking about the first sermon, preach, uh, sermon preached by Peter after Pentecost. Um, so if you would like to join the discussion on that or have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask at swatradio.com. Well, you know, Taylor, he Peter brings up this supernatural life, first of all. And really, as we share the gospel with people, one place to start is with Jesus. Uh, who is Jesus to you? Who do you who do you believe Jesus to be? Do you know Jesus? Um, uh, a lot of people, when they think of Jesus, they they know some parts of the story, mm. but they may not know all the miracles he did that were never denied in the scriptures. They weren't denied by the religious leaders, those who were eyewitnesses. There's more evidence for the authenticity of the new Testament than any other ancient piece of literature. Mm-hmm. And so his supernatural life, whether they believe it or not, you know, we live in an age where people don't believe truth that they see right in front of them. And again, we were talking yesterday about people changing math. Now they're saying math is racist to say two plus two is four to show your work. Yeah. To show your work and, 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 and all kinds of crazy stuff like that, which is going to get worse. But all of what we're seeing is really uh, orchestrated by the father of lies and he's a liar and he doesn't want us to know the truth, but Peter boldly stands up. Now keep in mind, he's back at the very place. They crucified Christ. He's back in that city and he's telling the people that said, we have no king but Caesar, hey, you killed him. He had a supernatural life that God's fingerprint was all over, but you killed him. He died because God wanted him to die to pay the penalty for our sinfulness and our selfishness and to make it possible so that we could be baptized in the Holy Spirit, part of the family of God, brought back into right relationship, and he said, it starts with his supernatural life. Then he goes into his sacrificial death 
And he says, you did it. Now, why is that significant? I want you to think about maybe gospel presentations you've heard in the last three or four years. A lot of them here in this country just want to tell people the good news without ever telling them the bad news. I mean, he starts, you know, by saying Jesus was awesome and you killed him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, think about taking deflating just your balloon for a second. Think about our self-help culture that we live in. You know, you need to just trust Jesus. And people try Jesus like they try alcohol or drugs or any Mm -hmm. other thing to try to ease their pain in life instead of realizing the reason they have pain in life is because of sinfulness and disobedience and rebellion to the Most High God. And he tells it just like it is to him, hey, you've rejected Messiah. You've rejected him. And... But but God wanted that to happen. It was part of his plan. It, it was sovereign. And there's even people today that are saying what that that's sick to put that on God. They don't believe in God's sovereignty in that. They 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 try to teach against that. And all kind of books have been written about it and everything. But the scriptures are clear. There's no ambiguity about what Peter preached and what you see in Paul's preaching about God's a four knowledge plan that put him on the cross but the people were not relieved of their responsibility and so he says to them you did this but god did this and then in verse 24 he makes this astounding statement but god raised him up loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by why because he was god you can't kill god yeah you can't kill him and the only sacrifice that's sufficient for all the world's sin is what? Is is a perfect sacrifice, mm-hmm. a godlike sacrifice. And 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 then he goes, and this is what's so great about the model of Peter has. And for all the people listening out there that don't like expository preaching, that's exactly what Peter does here. He takes them back to the book of Psalms, uh, by the way. If you see these psalms a lot, the New Testament is full of the writers going back to the psalms. He goes back to Psalm 16, 8 through 11, where David wrote first person about Messiah, and he's not talking about himself, and that's what he says. He says, listen, this psalm is talking about Messiah's resurrection. Who is Messiah? I just told you it's Jesus of Nazareth. He says he ended death. And he makes a statement in verse 29 that David's tomb is full of David's bones. He says David died. He talks about Hades. Hades means hell, but it also means death, the earth. And he says David's tomb, and and where he was preaching probably was right on the edge of the city of David right there. uh, It runs right up to the temple. So he's basically contrasting David's tomb with Jesus' tomb. Now, all these people that were in Jerusalem for this feast, remember they're there for the feast? Mm -hmm. 40 days, 49 days earlier was there for Passover. They would have heard about Jesus. Because Jesus was crucified on Passover that, that year, right? The day before Passover, right? And so Peter says in verse 29, Jesus' tomb is empty. And we were eyewitnesses of it. If you remember from 1 Corinthians 15, over 500 people from Galilee saw Jesus post-resurrection. Guess where they were on feast day? They were down in the temple. So these people are down there. 
as Peter's preaching, do you think they're not sitting in the crowd going, that's right, I saw him. I mean, so 3,000 people didn't just get popped in, in, in some weird way. People were talking about Messiah. Mm-hmm. People had been exposed to Messiah. Peter stands up and preaches. Why? Because the word says, without preaching, people will not be saved. How are they going to hear if nobody preaches? And what do they preach? The good news. The word euangelion means our God reigns. And so Peter's telling them in verses 24 through 32, he says, this Jesus God raised up and we're all witnesses. So we see three things today, his supernatural life, his sacrificial death, and his sovereign resurrection. And the resurrection is the hinge point of our faith. If Jesus wasn't resurrected, it means he didn't pay the debt. It wasn't enough, and he wasn't God. So uh, C.S. Lewis writes in his book, uh, you know, Lord, uh, he, he writes Mere Christianity. He said he's either the Lord, which is master, he's a liar, uh, or he's a lunatic. He's delusional. He's got to be one of those three things. You can't say Jesus was a good teacher, which a lot of people like to say, oh, I think he was a good teacher but I just don't believe in him. No, he wasn't a good teacher. He was either a Lord who he said he was. He was a liar. He knew he was wrong and he told it anyway, or he was delusional. He's got to be one of those three. So I hope that if you don't know him and you're listening today, um, the person that Peter was saying, you did this, he's pointing at you too, because had there been anybody without sin, he wouldn't have had to die. So we're all guilty of the conspiracy to kill Christ. I mean, had and you go, but I wasn't even born then. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Your sin put him on the cross, just like my sin did and everybody else's. He died because there was sin in the world, a sin nature. And we and, and people, I, I do want to say this. You don't go to hell because you sin. You go to hell because you reject Jesus. That's why you go to hell. You reject him. I mean, our sins, we're guilty for those. Yes, they're part of it. But uh, his grace is extended, and we go to hell because we reject it if we reject it. And Peter is just pointing this out when he's preaching about his supernatural life, his sacrificial death, and his sovereign resurrection. And tomorrow when we come back, we're going to look at his spirit-releasing ascension. When Jesus ascended to heaven, His spirit came down, poured out on his people. And we see Peter make a bold proclamation there about him being a Messiah and ruler. And that's really important. And then the invitation he gives to the very people that that cried out, we have no king but Caesar. They rejected him. And he makes another invitation, which our God is so merciful. So if you're listening today, it's not too late. All you got to do is cry out to him and tell him, I want to be forgiven. I want to be in your family, God. I want to acknowledge Jesus as my prophet, my priest, and my king, my Messiah. That's what that word means, Messiah. It means an anointed one who is your prophet. He enlightens you to the word of God. He is your priest. He makes it possible for you to be in relationship with God, and he's your king. He will guide you and lead you, and he says, follow me. The question is, who are you going to follow? Who are you going to trust? And who's going to be your redeeming 
factor with the God of all creation. Cause one day we're all going to stand before God. Yeah. And I hope if you haven't repented, which means turning from leading your own life, trusting in your own righteousness, your own, uh, abilities that today would be that day because there's no better place to be. I've been walking with him for a long time and there's no greater joy to knowing I'm at peace with the most high God. In fact, this morning, uh, I was talking to a brother whose dad passed away and he waited to the end of his life almost to trust Christ. But God gave him a reprieve almost two years ago uh, when he almost died and his son led him to Christ. And for the last two years, his son has been ministering to him and helping him. And he went to be with the Lord this morning. Mm. And uh, the son was so encouraged that he had that two years. Yeah. You don't know when that time's coming. So I hope if you're out there and you've not yielded your life to the most high God and trusted in Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, I hope that you'll do that today and you can do it right where you are. No special words, no fancy prayers, just uh, your heart communicating with the most high God. That's what prayer is. You just talk to him and tell him, I want to be in your family. I want your Holy spirit to change my spirit from being a fleshly human spirit to being guided by the most high God and let Jesus come in and be my King. That's what he wants. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, real quick earlier in the program, you said that Jesus didn't follow the law. You meant that he didn't follow the traditions of the Pharisees, right? Cause he fulfilled everything in the law, right? He, yeah, I didn't mean that he, I, I, did I say that? I didn't mean yeah. to say that Jesus did follow the law. He followed the law perfectly. Yeah. He never deviated from the law. But what he didn't follow was traditions. I didn't know I said that. Yeah, I, I caught it, and I just want to make sure that yeah, we yeah. went Thank back and Yeah, yeah, thank you for pointing that out, because Jesus yeah. followed the law perfectly. Yeah. He was perfect in that way. All right, that's all the time we've got today. Uh, for today. Excuse me. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT 